Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Kia Michael Guerin joining you for Trot's Talk. It's great to be back in your ear on a Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us here on SENZ. I hope you've had a great weekend. Uh, happy Matariki uh, for Friday. It's a bit late, I know, but we're talking from the harness racing community here because, of course, it's a huge part of our world, all the people here in New Zealand, and especially to our Māori brothers and sisters and those of Māori descent. Uh, we wish you a very happy new year. Harness racing has been busy. We had Addington on Thursday. We'll get to Carter Delgetti. He had a big night there shortly. We'll also talk to him about his drives today. We're going to talk to uh, Sarah O'Reilly, who's got a good book of drives today. Maddie Williamson's going to join us. Tony Hurley, our most successful ever driver. And then later on, a replay from last night's sensational sunshine sprint out of Albion Park, where Leap to Fame did it again. Greg O'Connor, our man from Trot's Talk, was on track on a night when Manhattan almost pulled off the Golden Girl sprint for 150 grand, beaten on the line, but very, very brave. So we have had a busy old time of it on the trotting front. And your meeting today kicks off at Addington. It's a nice late start, so no need to be jumping up and down too much. We're going to have plenty of time to get the winners sorted before we have a bet. Carter Dalgetty will be the first of our guests this morning. Good morning to you, Carter. How are you, mate? G'day, mate. Yeah, doing pretty good, thank you. The sun's out. No, just, uh, just haven't spoken to you for a while. Are you still playing any footy, or are you too busy for rugby these days now you're a big hotshot harness racing driver? Oh, I don't know about that, Mick, but um, this is actually the first year I've missed it. Um, I just had a bad head knock um, one of the earlier games, so I've decided to give it a wee miss this year, and I'll be back next year. I'm the same. This is the first year, I reckon, apart from injury, since I was about seven, I haven't played, just for a whole bunch of different reasons. Do you find yourself getting a bit antsy about one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon? A hundred percent. I still like to go to most of the games on a Saturday, but I think sometimes it's probably better for me if I don't go, because um, the boots, I'm still polishing them. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. If I go watch the boys play, I just get filthy on life and I can't concentrate. I, I just get annoyed. But, mate, you're doing the right thing. Your head's more important. I've had a bit of concussion. And yet when you get the fog in the brain, it's no good for anybody, mate. So good on you for making the mature decision. And you're still a young fella. For me, the clock on the rugby career is tick, ticking a bit faster than yours is, mate. And let's talk about your harness racing career because uh, that's going super. Um, good night at the office on Thursday night. You know, you're driving good horses like a Hoka LeBron to win races, um, and he is a good horse. Has it got to the stage now where a win at Addington almost seems normal? Because your name's been around for a long time now, but you've only really been driving for two years. It's um, It seems to be not a big deal when Carter Dalgetty wins two or three races, which is quite remarkable in a short period of time. 
Yeah, well, it has um, a lot's happened in a short time for me. And yeah, Addington, uh, it's, it's a great place and it's my favourite track. So obviously I love driving winners there. But yeah, I will say the, the winning feeling will never get old. Every single one's always a good buzz. It must be great driving for your mum and dad, for Cran and Chrissy, because you had the treble the other day. And a lot of work goes into horses, whether they're just maidens or two-year-olds and um, you know, there's, there's not many Krugs floating around. It must be great to see that work mum and dad do and the staff um, get that manifestation of getting to the winner's circle at Addington. That's exactly right. It's probably one of the biggest things that gives me a thrill is seeing them walk in the barn at whatever age, if it's yearling or wheelings or even later on, and then building them up to a trial and then to a race and then to win a race. It's it's one of those feelings, it's probably like a sense of achievement, you know, because you know all the hours and, and the work that's been in earlier, but um, most of the public just see the, the five minutes they're on the racetrack. Does it play the other way? Like when, you know, hundreds of hours have gone into prepping a horse and if you stuff the drive up, does it gut you for that reason? Or do you just have to move on from it because sometimes you have five other drives at night? I think definitely you do have to take notes of it and learn from it, but I find on the nights... Um, Dad tells me quite a lot. If you're having a rough one and you're going on to a next drive, you've just got to completely wipe it and you've got to take every drive as an individual and not let your other drives um, sort of flow onto each other. What about a Hoka LeBron? Because he looks a pretty good horse. He, look, he looks a 10-win horse to me, but is he a horse who's going to get better? Because he looks naturally fast and naturally athletic. Does he have a bit of mental or physical strengthening to do? Yeah, he's got a power of breeding. We really liked him early on. And I think out of his 10 starts now, he's been in the money eight times. So he's very consistent. The other night was probably just when the penny dropped. Uh, we knew that he had it. He's probably been due to win a race. But the other night, um, I think he dashed up straight himself in 26 and really jogged it. So I think um, he's good enough to go in the better race later on. And he will follow a good speed. So and distance won't worry him either. So he's, he's got a lot going for him. Sweet Coco is obviously a pretty nice horse. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what sort of horses Sweet Coco's beating at the moment. Um, what do you make of the daughter of Sweet Lou? Yeah, she's a filly. Um, I'm actually going to really, really love this filly, to be honest. she Everything we've done with her, even at home and at the races, she's just done it all so easy. Um, she doesn't blow us away in stature. She's quite a fine little filly, but Everything she does, she just got better and better, and she can sort of um, put her field away in a couple of strides. So I actually do think she's got the makings to be a pretty nice filly. Uh, we're just going to give her a little break now because she's done a hell of a job this time and, and then target her nearly after Lee's heat. All right. Um, Spirit of Anarchy is a horse I, I haven't seen a lot of. Um, some of the down by the seasides are pretty good-looking type of horses. What do we make of Spirit of Anarchy? Because it's got some big-name owners behind it. Yeah, he's he's a real typical um, down by the seaside, stunning to look at. And he he really impressed me the other night, just going back from nine, being a two-year-old fresh up. He probably had no right to win the race whatsoever, to be honest, but it was really to the horse's credit. His last 200 metres was, was probably something only a good horse would do. All right. Um, before we get on to today at Addington, what's McCrug up to? Because... He had a roller coaster season last year, and, and the, the obviously the high of the roller coaster was a Group One for you uh, in the Invercargill Cup. What's the plans with Krug, and what stage is he at? 
Yeah, um, he had a really long break. So he went, I believe it was a bit over three months, um, how time flies. But he's been back in the barn for two weeks now. And, yeah, it's easy to say now, but he does look a million dollars. He's a big, strong boy now. So we're just going to um, be on a straight line curve, hopefully the New Zealand Cup, and go on a few of the lead-ups. And I hope we can pull it off this year because I think we've learned a lot about the horse in that last year, probably like you've run, but... Um, yeah, I've still got a lot of loyalty to him. All right. Um, what did you learn driving in the Cup last year? I spoke to you after the race. You were, you were annoyed. It didn't go the way you wanted. Do you think you need to drive in a New Zealand Cup or two before you really get your head around it? Because it's, it is the test match rugby of harness racing. Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, you can only, you know what sports are like, you can only prepare yourself so much, but when you get out there, it's just a whole another ballpark and thousands of people yelling at you and, and all the best drivers and the best horses. So it was probably something that, unless you drive in another big race like that, I'll never get again. But yeah, I, I think, well, I know that um, I definitely will be better for the experience, or hopefully anyway. <laughs> Mate, you're driving Wallflower in the second at Addington today. Addington kicks off uh, just before one o'clock. You're at one twenty-three. your first drive race two. Two-year-old filly taking on predominantly older horses. How good or how ready is Wallflower? Yeah, I've got a bit of time for this girl, actually. She's, her last trial was very good. Um, she beat, beat the one at Telfazan, the one at Duns and that. And she'd done it actually really easy with a bit in reserve, so... She's trained really good this week, and I think it'll take a pretty nice one to beat her. Okay, does she have the gate speed? Because punters who, who are going to back her, as you know, they love them when they can go forward. <laughs> yeah, well, with me on, uh, if she doesn't have gate speed, I'll try to get it out of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the attitude. Hey, race three, you're driving Aventine uh, for Trent Yesburg, and I think Trent trains pretty good, uh, but I don't know the horse at all, so what do you make of this? Because it's hard for the trotters fresh up. Yeah, it is. I drove at the trials probably three weeks ago, and it's quite a green trotter, but it has a lot of speed, and um, it is off the unruly, but touch what it does begin like a bullet. So, yeah, I'll give it a chance, but, yeah, as you said, with uh, maiden trotters having their first start, they're always going to be better later on. Okay, you're on Glenthorne later on. Look, at, I know he's a seven-year-old. He's been around for a while, but... There's worse horses in this grade than Glenthorne. And would he be a horse who today would be worth rolling forward on, or is there too much gate speed inside you? Yeah, he's an old war horse, this guy. He's great to drive, and you did right. He does go his best races when he does roll forward and, and put him on the speed. So that's going to be my plan today, and hopefully it works out. All right. Um, what do you make of your book of drives today? Like, if people listening at home, because like obviously last night everybody watched the footy, the Warriors are on this afternoon, so we're counting on you to get us a winner so everybody can have a jar and enjoy themselves. So no pressure, but what should we do? Uh, a wallflower to win. Wallflower to win? Beautiful. What about the yeah, bar? Yeah. What's a horse to follow? In, in the in the Dalgetty stable, the Triple C's, the Carter, Chrissy and Cran, what's a horse to follow for us in the little black book? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've got a maiden racing next week called Magician. It's just a two-year-old um, guy, and he's been doing everything with Spirit of Anarchy. So um, to see what he did the other night, I think this guy will be pretty hard to roll in a maiden field too. Hey, we're going to talk to Greg O'Connor um, a little bit later on about what happened at Albion Park last night. I'm sure you had better things to do than 
than watch the Sunshine Sprint. But you've actually spent a bit of time in Australia, and you've spent some time around Grimson. Jack Trainer's a guy you know well. You would have seen Leap to Fame. You would have seen Catch a Wave and Captain Treacherous. Um, sorry, uh, uh, the other good horse down there, Captain Ravishing. Um, who do you think's the best horse over there? Um, very good question, I think. Like, lately in Australia, we've had a lot of different horses win all the big races, and it's been so competitive. But when I was in Sydney at the start of the year and saw Catch a Wave, geez, he's just a magnificent horse. And Leap to Fame obviously wasn't there. I've only seen him on TV, but um, his motor looks bottomless. So uh, to be completely honest, I know um, Leap to Fame's probably the king now, but Catch a Wave and that Miracle Mile, he was he was brilliant. So I couldn't split those two. Hey, later on today, your good mate Dexter Dunn uh, is driving in the Meadowlands pace. Are you going to get across to America at some stage? Are you going to pack up your little swag and pop over there and try and get some dries? Or are you going to go across there and eat some hamburgers and have a good time? Do you have any American ambitions? Yeah, 100%. I'm definitely going to head over there. It's looking like next year for a little bit. It won't be permanently, obviously, but just love to go have a look. Probably this time of year and um, when it's winter here and prime time over there, so... Yeah, if I go over for a month or so. and Would you take um, the driving bag? Have you spoken to Dex and said, Dex, can you get me a couple of drives at some of the scrubber tracks? Oh, surely he'd be able to give me one, wouldn't he, mate? You would, I'd like to think. You would, <laughs> you would th- well, here's the thing. They don't get paid driving fees, so he doesn't give a stuff if you drive a couple of horses. Yeah, that's right. I, um, I'm probably a couple of years late. I wouldn't have minded to drive on Bulldog Canada. Mm, <laughs> that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm not, look, I know, I know Dex loves you, but <laughs> I don't think he loves you that much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey Carter, mate, you're doing super things and well done, a treble on Thursday night's really hard to achieve and mate, we're looking forward to having a bit on Wallflower before we go to the Warriors this afternoon and if you stuff it up we're just going to talk about you behind your back <laughs> No, I won't stuff this one up mate. Good on you brother, that's Carter Dalgetty joining us for the first time on Trots Talk today, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand, those odds available on tab.co.nz, there's your first winner for the day. On the other side of this we're going hunting for some more with some more young talent in Sarah O'Reilly and some more not so young talent, young enough though, younger than me, Maddie Williamson, Southern Man segment coming up next as we go hunting for a winner at Addington today I'm a Southern Man I got the south in my blood, and I'm gonna be here till I'm dead. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Greg O'Connor's not here. You're thinking Garen's not a southern man. He lives in Parnell. You can't be any further from the south. But as you know, I grew up in Greymouth. I was lived in Tinwald. I've done my yards in the South Island and loved every second of it and looking forward to getting back there this year for the New Zealand Cup and heaps of other wonderful things. In fact, I'm going to Dunedin in a couple of weeks. You want to know something embarrassing? This is really embarrassing. I've been all over the world. I've never been to Dunedin. I know that's hard to believe. I've never been. I've been to Wingatui and left and gone back the other way. I've never been to Dunedin. So Dunedin... I will be in you in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. But yes, I am a Southern man and uh, a Southern woman and one who can drive really well is Sarah O'Reilly. Good morning, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, I'm going. Have you been to Dunedin? Yep. Okay, I might text you and get some ideas for some good bars because I'm going for the footy in a couple of weeks. So I'm not sure if you're old enough to go to bars, Sarah, but um, maybe you've seen some on the way through. 
Yeah, I'm old enough to go to bar. Oh, good. Okay, I was just confused by that. Hey, um, you're all definitely old enough to drive Thistle in race two at Addington today. It's only had one start for a zero. So tell us more about Thistle. Is it still on a learning curve? Yeah, she is really, like, she um, probably just needs a bit more time and stuff, but she's got a good uh, barrier draw to work with, but there's still a couple of smarter ones in there, so she'll just be looking to run on, I think. Okay, and a horse like that, do you, do you sort of, is it part of your job to look after them while they're at this learning phase? Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's good for them to be out there and learning, and you just try not to knock them around too much, so they're better for it next time. In the fourth on the card, you drive Franco Messi, um, Barrier one again, uh, Brent and Tim White do a great job with their team. It's a nice enough field, but I would have thought you had the upper hand here. Is Franco Messi slippery enough to lead from barrier one and make the others chase him? Yeah, he's probably never really come out the gate before, but um, we'll try our best to keep in the first half of the field. And um, he is a bit of a funny horse. He can just really switch off at weird times during the race. So um, they tell me he's been working good this week, so... Hopefully he'll be running on. Okay, another one you drive for them in the trot is Coley Trouble. And unbelievably, your first three drives have all drawn barrier one. Uh, tell us about Coley Trouble, because it's had a few goes, but doesn't look a super strong field, Sarah. Yeah, he's just sort of an, an honest horse. He always steps really well. And the last couple of races he's been in, he's sort of been out wide and standing starts, and he begins good enough but not fast enough to cross them so he sort of ends up in awkward positions but during one today will really help him and he goes really good fresh so um, it's looking positive for him today. Another good drive for you is Elite Sticks. Uh, it's got barrier seven this time and look it's it's in a field without a lot of recent form so that's race six at seven past three. How are the confidence levels with Elite Sticks? I was really happy with her run last start at Addington. She found the line well, and I don't think that draw will worry too much because she is a bit of a sit-in sprinter, and we'll just hope that there is a genuine tempo going on in the race, um, and she should be finding the line pretty well. In race seven, the girls combined you with Wendy Stevenson trained not over, uh, but not a great barrier draw. No, it's not really for him. He needs everything to go his own way um, so we will just be hoping that we can get a drag up or something um, yeah he, yeah, that draw probably won't really suit him much OK and in the last on the card as I'm scrolling through my horses here um, you have no, no drive in the last on the card for you Sarah so OK you've got a good book of drives has it got to a stage in your career Sarah where going to the races and having five or six drives and three or four winning chances seems normal because I spoke to Carter Dalgetty about it before and probably three years ago, not many people have heard of you and now you just seem to drive winners quite regularly. Is that sort of hard to get your head around? Yeah, it is a wee bit because I was used to just going to the races for a couple of drives and you'd sort of just sort of be going round and, you know, but it's really good now that I do get quite a few more drives and I'm really grateful for that because 
this is my dream job. Right, with that dream job, what's the dream outcome? If I said to you, you could win any race in the world, Sarah O'Reilly, any race in the world, I think I know the answer to this question, but it's your question, so I'm going to ask you, what would be the race you'd love to win? Um, probably the Methven Cup. <laughs> the Methven Cup? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't. Okay, <clears throat> I thought it would be a cup. I, d- I thought it would be in the South Island. <laughs> but that has, well, you know what, Sarah? That's something you can do on the way to winning a New Zealand Cup. The Methven Cup. Oh, I hope you win the Methven Cup now. That's going to be outstanding. The box set's coming back in September, and that's in Methven Cup time, Sarah. So we will be doing our best to hopefully find you a good Methven Cup drive. Right. <laughs> hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us, love. You're uh, doing a super job in the sulky and you're handling yourself really well on the media. Say hello to your dad for us. And, uh, yeah, go well today at Eddington. Thanks very much. It's Sarah O'Reilly. She, she really is doing a wonderful job and, and she's obviously won the Australasian Junior Drivers' Champs a couple of times. Um, someone who's not quite so novice in the sulky uh, is Maddie Williamson, but he drives a stack of winners and therefore we've corralled him into the show today. Good morning to you, Maddie. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, Mick. Mate, there's actually some bloody good young drivers down south at the moment, isn't there? Like, I mean, you know, there's obviously some very established guys like yourself and there's the Blairs and the Johnnies and all those sort of guys and, and all your family. But when you look at some of these guys and girls in that sort of under 25 range, they get a lot of drives and I tell you what, they handle themselves pretty good, mate. Yeah, definitely. They're getting a good go uh, with the, you know, the system changes to um, those concession uh, wins for the for the ones really starting out um, under fifty winners. Um, are getting a really good go, and yeah, there's some good um, young drivers there. So uh, yeah, they're getting good opportunity, and that's what they uh, need, you know, for the game to flourish and have these people come into the game. A lot more of them seem to drive. Mm. I'm not trying to be generalising you, Maddie, but they seems to be real aggression. Now, you're aggressive. You, you like going forward on a horse. Not all horses, but you like it. It seems to be both in Australia and here, the guys and girls, not all of them, but most of them, are under 25, like to get on the tight lines, like to get them rolling, not scared to go forward and say no. Is that a generalisation, or is that how you typically find the younger drivers around Australasia? I think once um, people get a bit of confidence, um, they start to obviously, uh, you know, have more and more of a go. Um, you know, the ones you'll see at the moment, see your Sam Thornleys and that are sort of quite aggressive now, but um, they sort of didn't start out that way. They just sort of, as they found their feet and starting to get a bit more firepower, they've uh, realised uh, their best ways of winning. And, uh, yeah, as you, as you know, a lot of racing's won from uh, the handy spot, so... Uh, yeah, you've got to get up there and give yourself a chance. Let's get into your drives today, mate. Race 3, 149. You drive Moondance for Matt Purvis. And these days, any time I see a Matt Purvis horse, I'd have a second double take at it because I know he can train. What can you tell us about the Philly Moondance? Uh, yeah, just manners obviously looks the, the thing there. Um, had just the two goes for two gallops so far. So hopefully um can just get it round and... Uh, yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, we'll, we'll know more if it can trot the whole way, but um, probably just outside first four chance. Uh, another one in the trotting race is race five. This one's one you train yourself, Granny Rose, five-year-old. So it's been around for a while, but seems to be doing things right at the moment. Yeah, he's come consistent this time in. Uh, you know, he's run, I think, three three good races um, this campaign. So uh expect that again. Uh, you know, he looks at a top three, top four ch- Chance. Um, he's no world beater, but uh, if he gets the right run, he, he's knocking on a win. 
Right, later on uh, in the card, you've actually got two in the same race, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But before then, you've got Magnifique Demarche for uh, Amber Hoffman. Mate, there's no form here. Yeah, no form, but uh, the horse actually has enough ability, so uh, it'd be the ladies' long shot type thing. It, it would be one, uh, if you're having a bad day and looking for something to try and spice you up, it, it can actually run a bit, and uh, yeah, it's not an overly strong field for what it has shown in the past. It could, could beat them with the right run, so yeah, it is an each-way chance. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, in the last on the card, the Mark Jones Racing Thanks Owners and Supporters Mobile. You've got two in here yourself, actually. Wolfenstein and Robin's Shadow in the stable colours. You put Big Brad on Robin's Shadow. Uh, talk to us about these two. Yeah, Robin's Shadow, uh, his last two starts have been really good. He's um, come from a long way back and probably been the best of, uh, you know, the horses beat and sort of running, he's run on better than anything sort of thing. Uh, so it just depends where he ends up uh, from that draw. But um, if they went hard and he got the split, uh, he, he can be right there. He's, he's racing good at the moment. Oh, right, and uh, oh, Wolfenstein, he was, oh yeah, Wolfenstein, he was a bit uh, disappointing. Uh, last start, he, he probably just needed the run, but uh, he, he comes up with the right marble for him. So he'll, he'll go forward and give a side. He, he's sort of been working a bit better this week. So I'd like to think he can run a race as well. Okay, what's your best chance of getting a dollar today? Uh, Driving-wise, probably Granny Rose. But we've also got boarding call in the first, and I'd say she's the best of our training chances. Oh, okay. My apologies. I skipped over that because, I'll be honest, I don't often pay attention to the amateur drivers' races. No disrespect. Yeah. I, just don't, I, just, I just don't bet in the midi. That's that's a rule I have. So uh, talk to us about boarding call. Um, Barry White doing the driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been uh, racing really well in, in Harderfield, so uh, the 2-6 should suit and uh, got the amateur champ on, so hopefully we shouldn't have too much bad luck. Mate, you won the Road Cup back in, in May, which is a, a really big deal and, and something really special. Um, we asked Sarah O'Reilly, I'm not sure if you heard this a couple of minutes ago, asked her if she could win any race in the world what she'd like to win, and she said the Methford Cup. Um, I'm not sure the Methford Cup's going to be the answer to the same question for you, but you've won, a, you've won one of the races you wanted to win. If you could win any race in the world, Matty, what would it be? Uh, the New Zealand Cup for me, Mick, um, that, that'd be the ultimate, but... Uh... I'll have to, once I hang up from you, I'll have to go get me futures bet on Buckskin for the Messon Cup this year. <laughs> well, first of all, that'll get you in trouble, and secondly, it'll get me and Sarah in trouble, so best you don't do that, mate. <laughs> hey, get round safe today, mate. Just um, just update on the family size. Is it two or three children now? Three now. Got a wee boy there. Uh, he's four months old now. So what's what's Carter, his name? So, um, Carter. So... You, you know, yeah, you know yeah, that's not named after. No, Carter exactly. Now, but, uh, I, you know yeah, that's yeah, fraught with Carter, danger. Just the name we liked. Yeah, just the name we liked. So uh, yeah, and he's he's going good. He's a great wee sleeper. So he takes after his dad, and yeah, keeps mum happy when he's sleeping good. Um, yeah, look, I'm not meaning to give you life advice here, mate, but you probably should get close to stopping now. Like three kids sounds relatively expensive. Um, do, you, <laughs> do you have a number in your head? <laughs> would, you, would you want to no, get to? No, no. I keep, I keep telling people if they see me out in the paddock with a towel over my head, they'll know what's going on. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, pretty hot. Well, but uh, no, uh, yeah, no, we haven't haven't had those conversations yet. But uh, you know, bit of the light, he kept going for a while. So, hey, my old man had my old man had eleven, Maddie, and had his last one at fifty six. So look, there's plenty of time. In fact, there might even be time for me, Maddie. Anything's possible. Yeah. Mate, th- <laughs> thanks for joining us today, brother. Get round safe. No, good as gold. Thanks, mate. It's Matty Williamson who would like to win a New Zealand Cup and by the sounds of it likes having children and he's got three of them and he's also got uh, a good winning chance in the first race today, an amateur race. My apologies, but I, I, I'll be honest, I don't bet in the amateur races. 
Um, and sometimes I skip over them. So my apologies to Barry White. I, by no means do I disparage them. I think they've got a great part to play in the industry. They're just not how I roll. Um, first race on the card there goes at 12.57. We thank all our guests for giving us some winners today. We'll take a break here on Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. We're going to analyse Leap to Fame a little bit later on. But after this break, we're going to talk to the Iceman, the great one, Tony Hurley. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for choosing to join us on a Sunday morning. Um, it's also Meadowlands Pace Day out of the Meadowlands, which is in Secaucus, New Jersey, just across the bridge from New York. Um, that's on at 12.40, I think it is, or... Might be 2.40 New Zealand time, 12.40 Australian time. Yeah, 2.40 New Zealand time this afternoon. So the Midlands Dexter Dunn driving in one of the great pacing races in North America. Uh, that'll be on tracks, or probably trackside two by that stage, but the Midlands pace on today at the Big M. Tony Hurley, he joins us. Good morning to you, Tony. Hey, yeah, mate. Mate, have you ever driven at the Midlands? Uh, no, I haven't. I've warmed, I've warmed a couple up there, but and I got off a drive there, but I thought I might get in the road, so I didn't take them. Yeah, you, you probably would have. Um, actually, have you driven <laughs> in the States at all? Uh, yeah, just, just in um, competition races, like World Drivers Championships, we drove in Ohio and Balmoral out at Chicago in those days. and Yeah, we while ago. Now I drove um, where they had the little brown jug, I drove there. Oh, beautiful. The, Columbus, the day, Ohio. Yeah, the day of the... Yeah, that's one, yeah. Yep. Hey, um, you also drove at Alexander Park on, on Friday night, and you, uh, you had a couple of winners. Luby Lil, Tony, is bred to be a good horse, and look, she seems to be getting better. Um, is she a horse who, you know, you have any ambitions that later in the season you might go looking for some black type? Because she's a three-year-old filly, and they, they have more options now than they used to have. Yeah, yeah, and she, she'll just see how she progresses, Mick. Um, she does everything pretty good. She's pretty laid back about everything and what have you. So um, she just sort of, you know, she wanted the other night sort of thing. She was, once she hit the front there, she was, um, yeah, wasn't too worried about things. But um, hopefully she'll just get a bit more competitive, a little bit more fitter and, um, yeah, and, and be able to just step up. She will just have to step up a bit more, obviously, to go against some of those good three-year-old fillies. Tony, you seem to have a couple of nice maidens around you. You won the third on the card on Friday night with Jethro Bodine um, for some good people, good friends of yours, Janine Cole, Ross Johnson, obviously your wife, who I presume is a good friend of yours. Um, he looks a pretty nice horse, and you also had Busload of Faith and Park Lane in the same race. I thought that was one of the better winter maidens we've seen, and, and I thought they were all horses who probably wouldn't be maidens and six weeks or six months? No, they probably are ones to follow. Busload of Faith, he probably shows more than Jethro Bodine around home, but um, yeah, he's just sort of learning the ropes. He's, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed or, or Busload, but he's um, he's sort of getting more tractable and um, he'll grow up a bit more and probably be one to, you'd like to think to follow. Jethro looks a pretty decent type of a horse, though. I mean, uh, I think people are getting to the Sweet Lou's now. At the start, I wasn't sure what to make of them, but geez, he's soaring a lot of winners now, Sweet Lou. Yeah, I was a bit like that too, Mick. I had two or three earlier on and they sort of let me down. And um, yeah, and then I ended up with this fella and throw your arms around me, who's quite a nice big horse as well. And um, yeah, they both got a bit of progressive sort of horses. I think they've both got a bit of a future. Um, Jethro just, yeah, like I said, he's, he's quite a laid back sort of horse and he's, he's a lovely big guy. And yeah, I think he's got, you know, got a fair future in front of him with a bit of a natural strengthening up and progression with a bit of, bit of age on him. You mentioned throw your arms around me, and, and you've got some nice two-year-olds at your place. Is it kind of weird training two-year-olds now? Because we saw it last season with Sevy. You bring them up, 
and you race them, and then they just seem, not being rude, Tony, they seem to disappear for like four or five months, and then you start again. I, I sort of half forget about some of these horses, and they come back and they're still two. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, and I'm still trying to get my head around a little bit, Mick, um, like with it's just natural for us to have them up and ready to go around Christmas time. They are better ones and more natural ones, obviously. And and I still do it that way. Um, the ones that show me promise got the young guns, which is which is great. And I think it probably should should be um, kept kept on there. And for horses, there are two year olds race a bit earlier and in March. And then if you think they are the types, you can give them a couple of months off, which is, which is great, and and come back again at Christmas time if they're paid up for all those good races, size stakes, and the sales. Series at Christchurch at that time of the year, I think it is, and um, yeah, so it does give them a bit more time to strengthen up. But um, yeah, just sort of working our way to, way around it still. Well, it's, it's hard to work out when to push the button on them, Tony, because if they're not going to win or be placing in Young Guns finals, it's almost pointless racing them, isn't it? Then you think to yourself, well, I suppose you've got to choose when to keep them in work and whether to keep pressing on, or whether you get into the quality stage and then you just chuck them back in the paddock and bring them back in winter. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably, just talking like that, Mick, I'd, I'd probably preferred our old handicap system where the first two-year-old, the two-year-olds weren't, weren't um, handicapped until they'd won a twenty or $25,000 race. And it'd give you more chance to, you might as well race them as two-year-olds, when now you might as well just leave them because they're going to get penalised anyway. So it's not as if they get a free win as a two-year-old or anything like that. So you're probably better off just leaving them, which probably cuts our racing Horses down, the numbers down a wee bit. You know, yep. we would probably we could be racing them, and, and we're not. Well, one horse who doesn't need to bother about handicapping systems is, is Bolt for Brilliance. Um, what a crazy last sixteen months he's had. He won a row cup. He came back. He was up. He was down. He had a throat infection. Then he broke down. Um, I know he's back in work. Where does it sit, Tony? Are, are we happy with Bolt for Brilliance? What's your gut thought? And and as a guy who's done this more than just about anybody. Do you believe you can get him back to his best? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I can, Mickey. He's, he's not an old horse. He hasn't been over-raced. Um, he's probably just coming into his prime, really, Mickey. He looks terrific and and probably never seems sounder at, at this stage. You know, it's just he's just starting to do a bit of strong work now. So um, the next couple of months will sort of tell us a lot more. But uh, I've seen plenty of horses come back from a, a pedal bone fracture that he had and, and be be fine, you know, race great. Um, so I can't see that being being the worst scenario for him. But um, yeah, and the fracture w- was was not the worst of fractures, sort of thing, by a long way. So hopefully, you keep our fingers crossed, mate. I can't wait to see him back. Uh, the, I think there'd be no horse and harness racing I'd be more satisfied to see come back and win a race than Bolt for Brilliance and, and a big race. I think even Tony, that might may even make you emotional. But not very often I see you emotional at the track, but I'm sure that might even put a uh, uh, a bit of a moment in your eye or in your heart of Bolt and come back and win a big race. Yeah, well, you certainly miss them when they're gone, Mick, you know, as well as the money they were earning. So, <laughs> as you can tell. And the trips away. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're great horses and they're few and far between. So they surely are, brother. Make the most of it, yeah. Hey, mate, great to hear, to talk to you this morning. Uh, nice to see the team. Hey, I've got a horse at your place. Is it still alive? Is it? Is it I think I've got a training bill yeah. the other day. Is it still, is it, what's yeah. it doing? No, you keep paying and I'll, I'll keep training them. Oh, yeah, good. Okay, great communication, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's just like working no, with Chris Waller or, or Kieran Maher. The communication's outstanding. <laughs> good okay, on you, mate. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, seeing Bolt for Brilliance back in a couple of months. 
Cheers, bud. That's the best, Tony Hurley, who um, who apparently warmed up some horses at the Meadowlands but wasn't good enough to drive there. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, OK, we're going to take a break. On the other side of this, we're going to give you the replay of last night's Sunshine Sprint out of Albion Park and talk to our man, Greg O'Connor. Down the back straight. Better zip it on top. He's about to be joined by Black Sedans. Deeper now. Magnificent Storm. Turn it up. Runs right up behind them. Runs out of racetrack to work with. Look at Hot and Treacherous. He's now about to let down deeper. Macdan badly held up. Leap to fame. He's to the outside. He's still got work to do. Expensive ego. Spirit of St. Louis. I cast no shadow. They're into the home straight. Magnificent Storm races the Black Sedans. Here's Larry. Leap to fame. Charging down the outside. He makes it look so easy. We want more, 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 more. Leap to fame. Beat Spirit of St. Louis. Hot and treacherous. Turn it up. Next in Black Sedans. Oh, well, Larry is leap to fame, and he won the Sunshine Sprinter's first major open class race last night at Albion Park. He's a hell of a horse. He's just a hell of a horse. Great stayer. Probably not a natural miler, but they went hard enough last night, and he just blew straight Pass them. Our man Greg O'Connor was on track. Usually he hosts the show. At the moment, he is working over there at Albion Park. And Grego, the more you see of him, the more impressive he is, leap to fame. And my God, don't they love him in Queensland? Yeah, morning to you, Michael. He summed that up beautifully, don't they? Uh, a decent crowd there last night all came out to see one horse, Michael. And well, it was always going to be a tricky tactical race for his trainer driver, Grant Dixon, but he summed that race up beautifully. Most over here suggesting he would go straight forward at the start, find the park position and dominate from there. But like he did last week in the Rising Sun, Grant just decided to do what he wanted to do. That was come into the race in the second half. Mind you, the pathway he took, Michael, to the inside of a horse that was basically going nowhere. I cast no shadow. So he went to an area of the field that most wouldn't have dared to on a dollar forty favourite. But once he got into the clear, he exploded up the straight. He's such an impressive horse to look at. Uh, they've handled him so well through his three derbies and now into his first real crack at the big dance against the open-class horse and the way he handled them last night. Very, very difficult to see him beaten in the Blacks of Fake in six days' time. Yeah, well, it's hard to work out how they would, they would possibly beat him, to be honest. Um, funny guy, Grant Dixon, isn't he? Because I'm not being at all parochial in saying this, but he's almost more like a Kiwi trainer driver. He's quite... Um, he's quite modest. He, he doesn't get carried away. He doesn't get involved in the hoopla conversations. And he, he seems to have a bit more patience than some of the drivers over there. I, I find him very good to deal with. And that patience came to the fore when he allowed this horse to miss the chariots of fire, uh, the Vic Breed and the, uh, the Miracle Mile. Yeah, exactly. Reserved is what I've described him as. Um, he, he's not a sort of guy that if, if he doesn't know you or he isn't confident uh, in what you might ask him, he won't give you a lot. Not, I got a chance during the week to, to go and, and spend some time with him and Trista and, uh, and with Larry in the paddock. And, um, you know, you, you saw the real horseman come out and, and he was talking about what they decided to do this year and those races you've just mentioned that he missed. And, well, it stood to not only the horse, but to them, because he's now delivering and delivering in spades. All of the talk heads towards the Eureka, the first weekend in September, and when he takes on what 
at one stage was the best pacer in the world, according to the Australians, Captain Ravishing, and of course, Catch a Wave, the Miracle Mile winner. So that will be a mouthwatering contest. The only thing I, I would say, Michael, yes, he's beaten them comfortably the last two weeks. He should have beaten the three and four-year-olds, and he did that. Last night, I, I, I worry, worry a little bit about the depth. Spirit of St. Louis, clearly a Grand Circuit horse. Some of these other horses, I cast no shadow, was horrible, as was better zip it. They're both Group 1 winners, but they finished uh, 100 metres behind the pack last night. Uh, and Hot and Treacherous, who we know in New Zealand, was probably 4th, 5th or 6th. He went a cracking race and, and was beautifully driven to get in, into third. But until he takes on those other two, and then you get to an Inter-Dominion and you hope the absolute best is there, I don't know that you can elevate him to... To, to the greatest Queensland pacer or even start talking him uh, in the same context to say a black's a fake. But he's very good. Don't don't let me downplay it at all uh, in a sense that what I saw last night and what I saw last week is, is very, very good. I just hope he keeps going on that trajectory. And one thing is absolutely guaranteed, Michael, you won't hear Grant or Trista talking him up the way some are. No. Um, last night, Manhattan, I thought she was going to win the Golden Girl and she got... Pipped on the line by Amore Vita, so well done to the New Zealand connections of Amore Vita. She was absolutely enormous, but I must admit I was yelling for Bobby Butt and Manhattan and all the good boys involved in the horse, and I would have loved to see it one. I actually thought it had one, and the angle at Albion Park's quite tricky, so it's a funny one when you don't have many New Zealand reps over there. You sort of you sort of gravitate toward one horse, and I, I was kind of disappointed after the race, and then obviously realised, of course, Amore Vita's owned over here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Steve Dotton, who, funnily enough, Michael, was on track last week. I think he's gone to the States, and he wasn't there last night, which was a shame for him. But uh, what a performance from her. She came solo three wide in a 150. Uh, magnificent from her. But it was also very good from Manhattan. Early burn, sub-26 second quarter. Soho uh, Historia got the lead, and, and Bob was sitting in the trail. And the thing about Albion Park, and you, you really get to know it, where I sit uh, and present for... The sky is right on the on the bend when they hit the straight. It's only about 180 metres. And the momentum that Chris Alford had with Amora Vita was probably about a neck, half a length in, in terms of, of the finish. And Bob was just held up that half a stride. And at the end of the day, Michael, that was the end uh, that what cost him. It, it was it was a very, very close photo. But, um, yeah, Amora Vita getting uh, Manhattan. She'd probably go around again in a $20,000 Mears race uh, this week, and Bob suggesting she'll come home, have a crack at the Queen of Hearts, and then potentially come back and go to Sydney and have a crack at, uh, at the Ladyship. She deserved a Group 1. She went so very close last night. Uh, Greg, we only have one harness racing show, TV show, in New Zealand. It's called The Box Seat, and you own the show. You're the producer of it. I believe you've had negotiations this week in Australia with the Entain boys, and I believe it's confirmed it'll be coming back in September, which is good for me because I like doing it, but just give our, our listeners, who, who love a bit of harness racing, when are we expecting to see the show back and and what are you hoping to do with it? Yep, it'll be uh, the third week in September, so around about Hannah Memorial time. And um, yeah, I spoke with Dean Shannon during the week. He, he's very keen to extend the show. He's hoping to uh, turn it into, a, a say, a 48-week uh, a year type of uh, program rather than what we do about 33, 34 shows, Michael. He's got some really good ideas uh, around it and some other things for harness racing, which will be announced in uh, in the next few weeks. So look out for that. But, yep, the box seat will definitely be back. Uh, really looking forward to 
some new stuff that we're going to put on the show, and it'll be back in the build-up to the IRT New Zealand Cup. You'll be part of it, and, um, yeah, there'll be some new bells and whistles. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Good stuff, brother. You enjoy Queensland. And, uh, yeah, he was fantastic last night, Leap to Faith. See, talk to you soon. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Greg O'Connor out of Queensland. We thank Sarah O'Reilly, Maddie Williamson, Carter Dalgetty, uh, Tony Hurley here, and, of course, Grego. And next week's the Blacks of Fake final for Leap to Fame. We kick off at Addington before 1 o'clock today. If you're having a bit, best of luck there. Uh, thanks for listening to us here on a Sunday morning. Good luck on the punt. That's Trot's Talk, courtesy of HRNZ.